The boys are back. Well, some of the boys are back. Coach Al, the whiz kid, uh, Chuck, also known as the Godfather. Uh, that's not self-proclaimed. And the producer, Jimmy, is with us today. Uh, missing in action is uh, the big voice, Big Ray, uh, robust Ray, missing in action, accounted for. Uh, we think he's still in shock after last week's unbelievable appearance by Beth Mowens, who did just a fantastic job over Jimmy. What's the count? Over six, five, seven? Seven. Seven. Seven thousand. Is that believable, Coach? Seven thousand uh, people watched our, our podcast. It was just yesterday we were talking about how we can get out of 200. Uh, so uh, that, that's, we, we give a lot of credit to Beth for that. And uh, thank you for that. So we're going to have a rocket good show today. Uh, we're going to start off with uh, Coach Al, and I, I guess we should dive in with the uh, Sixers. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think with James Harden especially here, where it looks like he's being Mr. Nice Guy and taking $33 million. It's a guaranteed $68 million for the two years. So his comments are, and you've got to hope that he's getting in great shape and he's doing this so they have extra money to bring in a couple other players to balance out the team. So we'll see how it plays out. And uh, But don't forget, there is an opt-out year after the first year. So it's going to be his, his, his opt-out. He could yeah. opt-out, but I don't know if you're going to get – He's, you know, he's going to get $38 million, like with the Sixers, but I don't know if there's many teams at that age and depending on what kind of year he had that are going to give him 38 But right. he wins because if he stinks next year, he's just exactly. going to opt in and get opt, another 36 in, right? yes, so exactly. In, instead of taking $47 million for one year, he's getting nearly $70 million over two, two years, years. Yeah. yet everyone in Philly is saying James Harden is such an awesome guy for yeah. this deal. I mean, he's not worth half of this money. No. I just don't know what part of his game. <clears throat> Thank you, Mrs. Grimley, making an appearance. Thank you so much. <laughs> A rare appearance. Uh, I just don't know what part of his game is going to change so drastically by season end with tired legs. I mean, the seasons take a tremendous toll on everybody, elite players included. And when you look at Harden's number in the postseason and the turnover and the fact that he was – he was reluctant to, to drive to the basket because you saw some of the other. These weren't turnovers where somebody reached behind him and poked the ball away. These were looked like fumbles in the NFL going in and the ball's up in the air. It looked silly. Now, we know he wouldn't take a shot, um, and the defense is just non-existent. So, if I'm having a drink tonight with their GM, uh, Maury is his name, I got to ask him, how do you project that Harden's going to give you a bigger win share, which they track, and his has gone from nine to one statistically? Get me through that. Why will his win share go back to eight, which it can't next year in the playoffs? That, th- somebody take a. I think somebody JJ, be the JJ GM. Reddick said I could have nine assists a game. Be just because oh, of, that's, let's, just because yeah. of empty, MB. Empty, exactly. empty, empty. Yeah, yeah, rebounds. The NBA, when you shoot, you release. The ball arcs, somebody gets it. There's no fight for it. Somebody's in position. That's at least three quarters of your rebounds in the NBA. Now, offensive rebounds win games. We still know that anybody could come up with, if somebody could come up with seven offensive rebounds 
uh, again, like Drummond a little bit like, uh, how valuable is that? But, I mean, they are empty stats for the most part, but he plays no defense whatsoever. So, I mean, what does the Sixers starting five, because I know, Alan, you know this, look like for next year? As of right now, what is the Sixers starting five for next year? Uh, of course, you got Embiid, and you have Tucker. Now, Tucker will get you a few offensive rebounds. He's a good, he's a good player, pretty right? Pretty tough okay. for his size. Is he so an forth. upgrade for the guy not in Tucker's spot? Uh that's yes, only yes. one one player, yes, right? Yes. Okay. And then, of course, you're going to have Harris, and you're going to have Maxi and Harden. Harris coming off a really good playoffs, if I recall correctly, and a pretty good year. So he's a solid player. Maxi, let's project a little bit of growth and experience, because look what happens with these guys year three, four, or five. It's unbelievable the change with these talented players, and the fifth player being Harris, Harden. Tucker, Maxi, and Embiid. I'm yeah. sorry you said that. Is that a better starting five, the starting unit? I want to talk about that first. Is that a better starting five, Jim, than last year? Absolutely. Absolutely. Check, check, check. I agree. Okay. Let's talk a little bit. You know, you have to have some bench. Who's six, seven, eight? Well, see, that's just that you got uh, – I think you're you're going to get one or two players who have not been signed yet with that $11 million there you can play with because – when they signed Tucker, Harden had done not dropped that eleven million for lack of better words, so they have some money to play with. So I think you're gonna see Isaiah Joe put on ten, fifteen pounds, a little bit I saw him in the summer league. He was like ninth man last year. I think he'll move up to sixth or seventh. I don't think you're gonna hear Cork Moss in you the don't. conversation. You don't I How about Shake. But Shake Delton is gonna be your six or seven guy. Now he's a good player, right? Wait, Off and say, on. We talk about the Anthony. Did we talk about the Anthony yet? No. Anthony Melton, I think he will. Uh, Why? My bold prediction end up taking James Harden's spot at the end of the year. Whoa. <laughs> oh, jeez. The whiz yeah. kid. The whiz kid. Jimmy, yeah. if you can't get that, uh, that over public media, good lord. Excuse yep, my, hot <coughs> Excuse my voice, everybody. Uh, why? I mean, he'll go, he'll why go do you, right into the starting lineup. If yeah. Like, why do you feel that way? He had 11 points a game last year. Really? In 22 minutes. I'm looking to double that. If he plays more, let's get, see if we can get him up to 20 points a game. They'll never actually replace Harden just because they're paying him too much. But could they move Harden maybe to the, I don't know, the small forward spot? Maybe bring, uh, you know, this guy, DeAnthony, maybe into the, you know, one-two spot with maxi combination, something like that? I'd be, I'd be all for How it. many? He's 23 or 4 years old, ask, so okay. he's young. What's he shoot from three? Uh, last year, he was 37%. The year Good. before that, he was 41%. Really? Yeah, he's a stud. And he's a better, wow. much better defensive player, too. Great That's defensive. important. His actually, when we did it, when we looked at the trade or the signing, whatever it was, a couple months ago, his defensive numbers were among the best against any, um, I think it was point guard or shooting guard in the NBA. Wow. They were right there wow. at the top. He's wow. a defensive stud. Where did he go to school? I don't, I don't know. Okay. I don't know either, um, but he could be my a bad. big surprise. My bad. Wow. So that would be uh, name the eight then. We've done the five. We just mentioned this cat, and you have. Well, you're probably going to have Paul Reed as your backup forward from the G League, and then Bassey probably is your backup center, the way it shows out now. And they were both good players with their Delaware team in the G League. So when it's all said and done, and I realize the trade with the Nets may not have happened mechanically if you didn't have Drummond in it, I get that. But when it's all said and done, if you take that roster and you put Drummond on it for going in for rebounds, offensive rebounds, and to give Embiid a break, 
that would be pretty formidable, right? I think Drummond was probably as good a backup center as Is in there, the league. league. And he played his butt off because he wanted to get a couple-year contract, which right. he wound up getting. After All right, going let's, talk, to the Nets. let's talk Nets. Jimbo, start us off, man. You're batting leadoff. Let's talk Nets. What's going to happen? The franchise done over. They're not going to re-sign the two big stars. And Yeah, I mean, I don't know what's going to go on with, right. with Durant and right. Irving. And, I so, mean, if someone's going to play, who right, knows? Right. I mean, the Sixers aren't even looking at the Nets right now, right? No, no, okay. they're not. They're – they need to focus on Boston. Boston, yeah. right? And and we talked about this last week that we think Boston, for all the reasons we cited last week, on paper anyway, looks like they're improved. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. the Sixers aren't – it's not crazy to say the Sixers could be projected to win the division. And you know what, the whole thing, we could go through this a half an hour. Yeah. But Embiid has to remain healthy. Healthy. And you know the – He's on the floor more than any big guy I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. really need. To, I need to see a lot more load management games. Right. For Embiid and Harden next year, Just Harden can't play seventy games. Right. He's got to play fifty-five to sixty if he's going to be worth anything in the playoffs. So if you want to reconfigure, retrofit Harden to next year's team, accounting for his age and his contributions or lack thereof last year. What does the new and improved James Harden look like, Al? Is it a guy averaging 15 and maintaining the assist, incorporating the ball, get everybody involved? Uh, you can't change the defense much, but what's, the, what's, the, what's he look like? Maybe him to have more confidence in the players around him, especially when Embiid's getting double teamed and so forth. But I think Harden forced the ball so much last year. Was that because of not being aware of the system, not being baked into the system? That's what they're saying a lot. But as much as he's been around, how long should it take you to pick up a system? Well, you know, <laughs> I say this. What, the more I dive in, Jimbo, to all sports, the more I am amazed at how really complicated and sophisticated playbooks, design, concepts are even in baseball i hear these relief pitchers interviewed or throwing 102 and i'm ready to hear the guy say yeah i win because i throw 102 and nobody can hit 102 uh-uh yeah the last time i faced you know howard so-and-so he was hit by fastball so i looked at the charts and i realized that my spin rate uh, how to use the slider more and get ahead of one yeah i'm like you got to be kidding me that much yeah that's today's Absolutely. game man so for the people that say there's too much analytics which is just it's mesmerizing to hear that talk. I mean, it's there's there's analytics you know? like and people frown upon that, but then there's analytics like you're saying, where they're looking at the failures in the past yeah. and telling these pitchers, hey, when when Smith comes up, yeah, I'll throw him high and in. And you and, know, you, exactly. and you have this, the the GMs uh, uh, talking on behalf of the teams, all sports, and all they're doing is quoting analytical stuff they, they don't even talk in layman's terms anymore when you hear these gms on mlb it, they're, all they're talking about is ops plus and and wind share and war adjusted to bubba and i realize that the average fan not to be condescending doesn't want to hear that talk but that's how gms talk to each other so if that is the universal the language a bunch of gms you think it doesn't count <laughs> it's and, ridiculous and the reason the average person don't want to hear that though because yeah. the average person doesn't understand no, it. and, and, and I, that's why i said it. i wouldn't be condescending but that's where it that's where reality lies and uh, so as, as it equates to basketball you know you look at a retrofitted hardened and say you know what would that look like to me? and maxi 
What does he? What did he end up last year across the board? Uh, I would say for baseball slash line, but what what did he look like? Was he eighteen points a game? Um, I, that would be my guess right there. Yeah, Thirty six percent from three. I'm guessing. Maxi last year, yeah, seventeen and a half, so eighteen <sighs> points a game. Uh, forty-three percent from three. Actually, really? Whoa! Yeah, really, really Whoa. high. Well, forty, forty-two point seven. Will you, will you yeah. tap playoffs, please? I know that you don't like to do this. <laughs> Al's laughing. Al's yeah, laughing. He actually went up. He, uh, <laughs> he's up to twenty-one points in the playoffs, and uh, three-point percentage was thirty-eight percent. So, got to give the guy the ball more. Three-point down slightly, but I mean the improvement from the past two years. I mean, he went from eight points a game to. 18 now a lot more yeah. difference in minutes yeah. but he well earned because he's now an absolute stud so and they're, he's still they're 21 s- years old statistically speaking you know the guy's got a heart the size of a lion right there's no reason not to project him as a complete superstar in the game right oh if you any progression like that like as chad said he's 21 he can go out and get a drink but i don't think he does he's not a he's just a nice player and a nice young man and doesn't want the limelight and just hustles every single second he's on the court we're excited today larry bow is going to be calling how we doing time wise jim he should be calling about two minutes two minutes okay well for two minutes let's talk about the stadium for two minutes what do you think we'll start with al a lot of pros and cons here depending on who you're listening to and is it a ploy to maybe i mentioned to jim before the show that possibly they could put it over to Camden Waterfront, the nice view there where the prison was and everything. But it's going to be so congested in that town at 1030 at night with this or that. And I think the merchants that are still going to be around that area are feared for their businesses. It's, I mean, you can say Patco's two blocks away and Septa's two blocks away. But that still in that two block, you're going to have thousands and thousands of people. Where where you are now, it takes you 20 minutes to get to your car and another and 20 minutes to get out of parking lot. And has anyone ever been on the Patco at 10 o'clock at night? <laughs> Not a nice to, place. It's coming back memorable, to baby. Yeah. For, first off, you can't even walk down there. The smell is so horrendous. The, the Patco... What is that? Between people, 5 p.m. and themselves. 10 p.m. at night. Al, you're not down there relieving yourself, are No, you? no. I, I, I <laughs> believe that not that long ago. You don't see Ray to, down there, do you? I went to this wonderful wedding over around 9th and Walnut, and I was at the by far the best-dressed person in the Patco at 1130. How was the wedding? Oh, it was a great wedding. One of the best ever. I, I was even dancing. Of course, my knees told me that for four days. Where was, the wed- where was the wedding at? The Belvedere, I believe. The Belvedere. Where the heck's that? Belvedere. <laughs> Sounds got, too fancy for who me. Who got married? I believe uh, their maiden name was Grimley. Oh, you're talking about Lauren and Barry. I didn't. I really didn't know. I no. Th- I thought you were just I, playing oh, along no, with me. I, really I, I was confused. The <laughs> ballroom at the bed. Yeah, it was the, the ballroom at the bed. It was the <laughs> Belvedere. So I'm like, who the hell got married to Belvedere? You mean to tell me we made you take uh, the no, speed line make, home? You, you didn't make me. Home just, home we had hotel rooms that were beautiful looking over all Philadelphia and Ben Franklin. Well, I was with my queen who doesn't want to Your stay. Your queen? Yeah. You took her on the Oh, Jimmy. How was with this queen? Well, well we've what been seeing hell? her off and on for 45 years, <laughs> 45, so she has to have substatus. 45 years? <laughs> what do you say to somebody about a lack of commitment for 45 years? That's, uh, Al, I, that's I'm, Al Harris. I'm, doesn't surprise I'm me at still, all. Al, I'm still making my mind up. I'm confused. No, never, yeah. e- never even considered engagement. But well, well, you, I think the way you put it, you've saved a lot of lovely females. I saved a lot get, of nice girls and women, a lot of grief and aggravation. Hey, hats off for that. You hey. recognize that not everything about you is something that one would want to be married to, and you said, the "Heck with that," right? Yep. Yeah. So they got sort of the best parts. Yeah, it's uh, 
It had a lot of advantages. Yeah. Yeah, I bet it, I bet it did. You just go home? Yeah, but I'm still excited to hear that we put you on the damn speed line. You did That was my thing. If said, something I'm had happened to you, just imagine the storyline that, you know, uh, Coach Al, uh, a love, beloved Coach Al, attends this this beautiful wedding, and he gets hurt going home on the speed line. Oh, my Lord. But uh, well, going, going, a good thing, he was dressed real nice before they hit him in the head. Yeah. Going back to the stadium. stadium. Yeah. If you think there's a lot of crime now. Right. Wait till there's 20,000 people I downtown. don't agree with that part. I think they'd have so much security like Madison Square Garden. I don't think it's a crime issue. I, what, what do you think, Wiz, on that one? Um, I tend to lean more towards gym just because people disperse in so many different directions. Yeah, we're going to cut your stock allocation but at Grimley. But go ahead. <laughs> I mean, I, I just don't think Philadelphia will get the support that like a Madison Square Garden does. And you got to also consider, too, how much higher the crime rate is in Philadelphia than, than New York. I mean, the, the Philadelphia shootings here is over like 300 shootings this year compared to new york it's it's, it's way it's not way a good higher. year for philadelphia yeah no, imagine it was no. gonna be in nine years yeah that's happening everywhere in the inner city but i do think that the crime would be abated by additional security i mean they're not crazy they know that they're going to need you know more law enforcement officers stuff like that i'm kind of excited about it putting you know down in the middle of the city I like other things. I, I, I don't think it would do to Chinatown what everybody's saying. When you gentrify an area, it doesn't always work out that way. Maybe it's, I don't know. But it's nine years away, so I don't get too excited about it to talk about now. Nine years from now. Yeah. I hope I know my name. So. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So nothing uh, nothing on Bo yet. We're, but we're on the scheduled time. We can start with the, uh, the Eagles or Phillies. Yeah, let's and talk we'll go Phillies. right into Bo. All right, Wiz, lead us off with the Phillies. All right, here is a fun Phillies fact to start. Since Girardi was fired, the bullpen has a 2.99 ERA. That's, That's nuts. Unreal. Sub three, which is tied for the third best in baseball since, since Girardi got fired. And then, uh, furthermore, a 201 batting average against the uh, opposing teams, which is the fourth best. So the bullpen since Girardi's firing has been just lights out, as you know we, we've seen here. And... Uh, the numbers show how, how good the Phillies have done since that change. Now, according to baseball reference, as of today, which is you know, July 22nd, the Phillies have a 75% chance to make the postseason. There's a 5% chance to win the division and a 70% chance for the wild card. Now, 30 days ago, the playoff odds were about 31%. Now, just sitting here, how good the Phillies have done over the past month, now they're up to about 75% today. That is a really fantastic improvement and you may be thinking hey what about the brewers what about the cardinals they can't both win the, the division there and we know the wild card's getting tight well the cardinals remaining schedule is one of the easiest in baseball yeah, if you look at it, they're playing like the reds colorado the diamondbacks multiple times for i think the reds there but we're pretty they, easy too right they have an easy schedule yeah but but for the purpose of the that cardinals brewers division that's why the cardinals are projected to win the division and the brewers on the other hand don't have a hard schedule per se but he's harder than the rest mm -hmm. so they're gonna have to really outplay um right now to kind of sneak into that third wild card spot where the phillies will have to kind of fall apart but with harper coming back segura hopefully not too far away either i think the phillies are going to make the playoffs here now i think the wild cards are obviously where we're going to be all right we got boa on the line here larry how are you today good morning yeah, let's let's lead off. You have to be optimistic at this point, especially given the injuries. If somebody told you the record and where they stand right now, I I I think you'd say you'd take it, right? Yeah, I mean to be where we're at with the injuries we've had, uh, there's no question. Uh, 
Uh, I mean, we're sitting in a good spot. We still got to go out and uh, and play baseball, though. You know, there's going to be a lot of teams in this race, and uh, you just got to play consistent baseball. I don't, I don't think you have to do anything like go 25 games over 500, but we have to beat the teams we're supposed to beat, and of course, stay healthy. You know, you said earlier in one of our podcasts that one of the things could come down to our record against the Marlins being the difference as to whether or not we make the playoff. And this year we're beating the Marlins, and here we are, what are we, six games over 500. So you're a bit of a profit there, Bo, because we're doing better against the Marlins and we have a better record at the All-Star break. So that's working out pretty yeah, we, good. Yeah, and, you know, the last series we had with them, uh, obviously we caught them at a good time. They're right. not swinging the bat. They got shut out again yesterday. And we still have a lot of games with them left. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. we got to continue that process. I, I still think we need to beat the East a little bit more than we're beating them. Right. I mean, we're taking care of Washington. And I, I don't know how many games over 500 we are with Miami, but this last three-game sweep, I think we might be one or two over with them. Yeah, we're, we're two, we, over, you know, we have some, two over. Yeah. Right now. We're six and, and four we gotta, we, Yeah. Right. we got to beat them a little bit more consistently. But, uh, you know, I, I looked at some schedules and – Someone said that we had the easiest schedule second half, but I think St. Louis has the easiest St. Louis, schedule. We just said that on the yeah, podcast. We just covered, yeah, uh, yeah. talked yeah. about that. St. Louis has the Reds multiple times, Rockies, D-backs. They have the easiest schedule. Uh, but right. we should right now we had a seventy percent chance for the wild card as the, today, as the Brewers have not not a hard schedule per se, but harder than the rest of us. Yeah. So, so the Phillies are right now the favorite for the wild card. That last spot looks like. Bo, I know the players never give up and work their tails off, but the improvement on defense is really something else. It, it's so impressive, not just, you know, to the eye test, but statistically when you take a look at defensive run saves and all that neat stuff that we do, they've gone from almost dead last to middle of the pack the last 30 days. That's a dramatic right. improvement. Is, is that just the balls fighting the players at the right time and right place, or is that well, think, a lot of extra work? I think it's both. You know, I think Bobby Dickerson does a good job with infielders. <coughs> Excuse me. But I also think the routine plays now we are making. Before, yeah. we weren't making routine plays. And, again, I don't think you can teach range, but we're putting guys in positions to be there at the right place at the right time. And, like I said, we're making all the routine plays we're supposed to make. we got to continue to do that because uh, it's important not to give. I don't care who you're playing. You can't give a last place team more than uh, exactly. 32, 33 outs a game. So hopefully that will continue. I, you know, and I think knowing Bobby, uh, he had those guys out there every day working, and, and those guys work. So it's a tribute to both the coach and the players. The players going out there, and right now we're going through some tough, hot weather right now, and then they got to keep working. So, Bo, if you had to pick one thing, and I, I know when you frame a question with one thing, it's, it's, it's usually unfair. I don't mean to be unfair. But if you had to pick one thing on a game show and somebody said, this is a really, once again, dramatic turnaround from manager to new manager. Uh, I mean, we don't have the exact number. We do have the numbers here, but you know what they are. Uh, what one thing would you connect or attribute to uh, the new guy coming in over Girardi, and all of a sudden this team plays entirely different. They start beating good teams too. What one thing would you say was almost like hitting a switch? Uh, well, first of all, I think at the beginning, 
and not blaming coaches or managers, this team definitely underachieved. Mm-hmm. And pe- people don't understand that when when you make a couple big big deals and get guys over here, it takes a little while to gel. You don't just do it in spring training. So that's one reason. And the other reason I think is the bullpen is 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 there's there's more consistency out of that. And I think the reason is that they know what their roles are going to be and who they're going to face. So I think those two combinations, you know, and I think Rob's done a good good job uh, communicating with the bullpen because the bullpen's done a, a really good job as far as I'm concerned. You know, the, the bull- and uh, <coughs> go ahead. The bullpen was definitely one of the most commonly heard criticisms of Joe that we got in terms of guys not knowing their role. So it does sound like that Rob is, is taking care of that from what you were saying there. And what's remarkable is since since Joe was fired, the Phillies are 26 and 14, 12 games over 5 500. <laughs> what's crazy though is the Braves over that tam- same time span are 30 and 11 right now. <laughs> Talk about how hot they've been too. Yeah. And the, the, the NL East, it's it's a pretty impressive yeah. vision right now between those three teams. Well, the NL East is, is is turning out to be. Last year it was a big disappointment. I thought everybody underachieved. But this year, it's a very tough division. You know, everyone talks about the American League East, which is a very good division. But I think the National League East with those three teams are really, it's a really good division. And I don't think anything's a given right now. Even though the Mets have a nice lead, I wouldn't say that the lock they're going to get in. I mean, they still have question marks, obviously. Yeah. I mean, DeGrom keeps getting up and throwing. Then he comes talks about being stiff. stiff. And, you know, if, you're, if I'm the Mets right now, I, I, I can't count on DeGrom. I'm not saying he's not going to pitch, but you can't sit here and pencil him in and say, okay, he's going to pitch every fifth day until he proves to the organization that, hey, he's healthy. And I don't think you're going to get long starts out of him. I mean, if, you, if he gives you five innings the rest of the way, and, and it wouldn't even shock me. I mean, I don't think they're going to do this, but if push came to shove, if maybe they use him in the bullpen. If he pitches a day, he gets two days off. If he, you know things like that. So I'm, I'm sure they want to get him on the mound. But again, they got to be careful with this because if he, if something happens again, I would probably say he might be shut down the rest of the year. Can you imagine him, Bo, coming out of the bullpen? You talk about filthy, man. Oh, I know. A lockdown player. That's, that, that's, yeah, that would that would be uh, tough to face, the yeah. guy coming out. No one. He's only going to pitch one inning. So. <laughs> one inning, right. M- yeah. Mitch always said – that the bullpen needed to know how they were going to be used. And Mitch was very vocal and very critical uh, for that. And now they're doing that, and uh, it appears to uh, be helping. I have one last question before I hog all the airtime. We're we're looking at the dog days of summer, and we know what it feels like to go outside in 100 degrees and try to do something and just water the flowers. It gets unbearable. Bo, what's it like to be on a Major League Baseball field in direct sun at a 98-degree high-humidity day, and you're out there for three and a half hours, is it is it something you have to almost live through to experience, or can you describe the impact of playing in that kind of extreme weather? Well, I'll even take it a step further. This weather that we have now, we sort of had that every day on the AstroTurf. The AstroTurf was unbelievably hot. And I, I, I tell people that, you know, we wore spikes, and in between innings, they had buckets of water and, and ice, and you'd literally come in and stand in the ice. And, uh, I mean, that, that's how hot it got. And you get on in, in, in a place like St. Louis or Cincinnati near the water and the humidity, it's unbelievable. But, it, you know, it's more mental than anything. you got to go out there 
And if you're 20 games out of first place, it's probably going to be a lot more difficult. But when you're battling for a playoff card, uh, you don't we don't worry about it really. I mean, it's hot. Everyone knows that. Uh, they have all the trainers doing what they're supposed to do. Everyone's getting hydrated. Uh, I do think it's a little bit tougher on pitchers. Uh, you know, hitters like hitting when it's real hot because mm-hmm. pitchers get tired right. real easy. Yeah. They make mistakes. And, of course, as we all know, when it gets this hot, especially at Citizens Bank Park, places like the, uh, Citizens Bank and then go to Cincinnati, the ball flies out of there when the humidity's up and it's real hot. So I, I expect some high-scoring games, and uh, I think we got the right ammunition for that. we got a good lineup that's going to hit the ball out of the ballpark. I would like to say that I would like us to start winning games. And we, we did show that in Miami besides hitting home runs, you know, two to one, one, nothing. You know, when we beat, when we beat Alcantara the the, the day, that was a good game. It was a tough game against a tough pitcher. And, you know, to win that game two to one, that was really good. And we got to start doing that a little bit more. Obviously we all want three run homers, but they don't happen every single day. Yeah. And part of that problem is uh, not to get too technical. I know you understand too technical, but, but, but sometimes the fans listen to the podcast, tell us not to be that way. But when you spread Schwarber's numbers and you see that he's less than a two-war right now, JT's higher than that. I'm just talking offensive war, not overall composite. JT's right. higher. Reese is higher. What the fans don't understand, that Schwarber's not really helping his team as much as a 29-home run player would appear to be. When you look at his lack of singles, lack of doubles, it is lack of defense, but that's on the defense side. I'm strictly talking offense. There's a reason his war is only 1.4, and other guys that are, seem less productive, whatever, are a three. You know, it's well, it's home run or bust with them, right? Yeah, it is. But again, and it's not his fault. You know, we're hitting him first because we really don't have a quote unquote legit leadoff hitter. Right. And he gives you that instant jolt right out of the gate. I mean, he'll hit a home run the first inning. And people don't understand how important that is. You're in the dugout, and the guy leads off the inning and hits one in the seat. And right away you said, okay, we're up one. Now they got to get two. And, you know, you do that a number of times. It's a, a quick lightning bolt for your baseball team. And the other thing is, if he was hitting third or fourth, I'm sure those numbers would be a little bit different. You know, a lot of times he's coming up there with nobody on base. And so that's not his fault. But I, I understand what you're saying. Uh, you know, the, the numbers can be deceiving, but as a former player, manager, coach, uh, I like that guy getting up there in the first inning and hitting one of the seats. And, uh, I don't know, it brings life not only to the ball club, but to the fans that are watching the game. And uh, hopefully it will continue the rest of the year. One of, the, one of the, If you compare, and again, I'm, there's not a, a bit of arrogance in this, this comment, Bo, but if you compare the number of times he'll give you that jolt, batting first to how many times he'll end a rally striking out when he projects 230 strikeouts this you know the second one dwarfs the first one you know what i mean the the strikeouts are a killer yeah yeah i I know what you're saying i i I get that and you know and you know baseball's been like this forever when you got a home run hitter you live and die with home runs and strikeouts that's just Mm -hmm. the nature of the game uh you know every now and then you're gonna have a, a rare guy that hits home runs and doesn't strike out at a frequent rate that 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 uh, Schwab's doing, but you know, I'll, I'll take Schwab right now. Uh, what he means to the ball club, not only on the field, 
but in the clubhouse. This guy's an unbelievable leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a great personality. Uh, nothing seems to bother him. He can go up there five times and strike out five times in a row, and the sixth time up, hit one out of the ballpark. So, I mean, he's got the right demeanor. He's the right. He's perfect for the city. He's perfect for our ball club. And uh, you know, who would have thought that uh, that our record would be what it is without Segura and yeah, and absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. And, and Harp. Yeah, great point. So, I mean, he brings a lot to the ball club that people don't understand. Good, yeah, good I mean, I think he has a lot of intangibles. Um, just to, for the fans out there, Schwarber has three home runs in the first inning this year. One of them was opening day. So, two cents. But it's definitely a trade-off, and I guess there is really no leadoff option right now with Segura out. I know we talked before about that really should be Segura when he's in, but, again, the way people apply the data nowadays is sometimes questionable. So as we yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I mean, I mean, that, you know, the analytics come down with a game plan, and I'm not saying you have to follow it, but they're getting paid big money to to put yeah. this game plan together. And uh, and if you're an interim manager, I don't think you're going to buck the yeah. the system. So I mean, uh, I, I take my hat off to Rob and and to what he's done, and hopefully they can continue this. Yeah, what what Rob has done since coming in as as the, the manager here has just been on really just. Unreal! How impressive it's 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 really been fantastic. Well, so with the, well you know, he's been in, he's been in baseball a long time. Yeah, People don't understand. Guy. He's been with a great organization for a long time in the Yankees. Yeah. They've had their uh, successes. That's monitored, well monitored. Uh, so he's been around winning teams. He knows what it's like. He's he's coached under Joe Torre, who I think is one of one of the better managers I've ever been worked with. Absolutely. As far as his demeanor and how he approaches it how his communication skills are with players. So he learned a lot in the Yankee organization, but he's paid his dues and he's done a good job. Yeah, he has. And that's invaluable, those those intangibles there. Yeah. They're huge. So as we ab- yep. approach the trade deadline, what do you see as the biggest need here on the Phillies? Well, again, uh, you know, the old adage, you never have enough pitching. You know, like I said, I don't know the latest on, on F, Eflin. Uh, we definitely need him in the rotation. Uh, I know they're being very, they're very, they're being very hush hushed about what's going on there. Uh, I know he's had knee problems. I don't know how serious this is, uh, but if, again, I'm just speculating. If he's not able to post up every fifth day, I mean, a starting pitcher would be great. Uh, I think a starting pitcher would be something uh, that would be valuable. But there's a lot of other teams that want starting yeah, pitchers right. also. And again, do you want to give up the house for a starting pitcher to rent? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think this offense is good enough, even without Harp and Segura. I mean, they're coming back. But up until now, they've been good enough. Uh, and the way our starting pitch and the guys we've thrown out there, they've, they've held the opposition down. But if, if you know, if it's a perfect world, uh, obviously another starting pitcher would be good. It's hard to believe they're six in run production. And that's what they are. We could cut yeah. it any, any way we want to cut it. The bottom line, it's nice to see the Phillies. You know, six in, in runs per game. That's, so the last uh, comment, I know you got to run for a meeting. Next week we're going to break uh, some research, mode that Chad's been working on uh, deep in the basement there. We're, and his research is, is going to demonstrate that the shifts, based on analytics and whatnot, that appear to be hurting the game in terms of hits, that the shifts right. actually don't prevent hits. Uh, there's actually more hits uh, gained by where they're going against the shift. Chad, did I say that correctly? Uh, yeah, basically what, what I'm showing is that the shift, I mean, it's, it's the reason people blame batting averages 
down because of the shifts, but in reality, it's right. more just because of the strikeouts are way up. And you call it spin rates, other reasons, etc. But the, the the shifts don't cha- they don't impact batting average as much as people think. Um, there's so there's almost just as many blue pits as okay. there are you know line drives in the on the right center gap that Ryan Howard would hit that were you know right, caught right, basically. Right. Yeah, I agree with that 100. percent And not only your your knowledge of it, but your look delving into the stats and everything. Jason Stark did a, a, a similar thing to the minor leagues where they are not having shifts. And he said it's not that big a deal. How about that? Day so, uh, yeah. so I would have to say that uh, what you're doing, there's a lot of positive to what you're saying because right. uh, Jason Stark, he, he, he's been in baseball a long time, so Great he decided guy. to look into it. Yeah. And he definitely said it is not helping. Uh, it's not hindering the, the hitters that much. Wow. The only so, thing that, that's that, cool. that gives me pause, because when I do the research, it supports what we're talking about. Then I ask myself, then why do the teams keep doing it? And that's what I just can't, I can't, I don't know, I, I can't answer the question. I don't, like, they obviously have more data They know what we know, right? Yeah, they have much <laughs> analytics. I, I, you know what, I, I agree with you, but I think, and not all hitters, because I've seen singles and doubles hitters get up there and they shift. But home run hitters, the guys that we know are going to hit 30 to 40, maybe even more than that, the opposition would definitely say, go ahead, slap yeah. a ground ball to We're short. Happy. I can care less. Right. Yep. But but I agree that the guys that don't hit home runs, they even shift on them. And it, it really bothers me that guys that don't hit home runs, they have a nice little stroke why they can't hit a ground ball the other way. Sometimes, you know, it boils down to being stubborn as a hitter. I'm not right. changing my swing for anything. I'll go over the top of this, this shift and but, uh, yeah, it, it is – it's going to be an interesting study, and, and I'm sure you're going to do your research. And I, I, I'm looking forward to the numbers that you come up with because, like I said, I read an article that Jason did in the Meyer Leagues. Obviously, it's different. But he said there was not that much difference. That's in fact, cool. he said in a couple things, he, he thought that the shift helped. That's some hitters. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm definitely looking forward to checking that article about, out because uh, that sounds fascinating. We know you got a meeting, buddy. We thank you for coming on. Sorry about the little confusion. And, oh, that's uh, okay. Good luck, Roseway partner. Thanks for supporting us. Okay. All right, buddy. All right, See thank you. You guys take care. Yep. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you. Yeah. Very interesting. Uh, Jason Stark, there's there's nobody you know more respected than him. we got to get our hands on that article and, and dive into that. So he's already written about the same point which is fascinating and uh hey we're about to break something pretty big if we could demonstrate it and i've been watching since chad put that out a month ago a month and a half ago i've been watching you know very intently and i definitely seen more balls go through that would have been would have been out so there's no doubt about it it's it's quite quite clear but uh i think yesterday chuck we watched a little bit of that astro yankee game and i think an announcer said next year That'll be a hit. Yeah. <laughs> if we're somebody yeah. that's up to yeah. the second base. Can we just skim over the uh, the Eagles real quick before uh, – Yeah, I'll, go, I'll give you their games. If you guys want to – we'll go with consensus and see what their – Yeah, let's their do it. Because Vegas has them at like eight and a half wins right yeah, now. Yeah, let's do it. Let's prove well, that wrong. On WIP today, they had them at seven and one. The first yeah, for a lot of people do. Season. Yeah, a lot of people so do. So let's run through it and yeah. see if we can find maybe some middle ground here okay, between good. Vegas and uh, good. WIP, although they're not quite maybe fair comparison. Yeah, no, you don't Vegas think so? has a little more insight than WIP, but – we start the that season according off, to Howard Eskin. Yeah, we start the season off at Detroit. It's a win. It should be a win. win. I mean, it has to be a win. Yeah. All right, we want to know. 
Home versus the Vikings. Loss. Really? Well, we got four of us. I'm going. I'm going to win. I'm win there. Uh, I'm going to go win. That's All right, true. we'll have him a two. We'll do a consensus right. and a tie. We'll, we'll yeah, yeah, just yeah. Scream yeah. at each other until yep. we get yep. a consensus. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Third game at the at Washington. That's a win. Scares me a little. Okay, I don't it know scares why you. Scares me a little. Uh, buy a dog. It's a win. No, Loss. no. I'm telling you, Washington plays Jim, us tough with Jim. the de- defense and so forth. The producers you're, coming here. The voice of doom. You're not putting into account the revenge factor of Carson Wentz. No revenge factor. I'm gonna go win too, but I think oh Carson played good last year early in the season, so that could be a factor. But I'll go. Th- oh, let's, let's just go three and zero. Okay. Jacksonville, can we all just put the W down real quick? That one, that one okay. should be okay with. Next game, fifth game of the season, we're at Arizona. That's definitely a loss to me. Now, from a gambler's viewpoint, okay, and that's not now, prior, but how gamblers think I'm talking about, mentality, okay? The reason you have to make game five a loss is simply because you've marked all the other ones a win. So there's going to probably be an upset you know, where they're a favorite, they lose on a game that you've got a W. So this is a road game. It gets a good team at home, so you've got to mark this with a loss. For no other reason than by that juncture, they got to be 4-1, and one, not 5-0. and Look, it's form. It's just form dictating substance. Now, if they do get a surprise loss before that, they'll be a 3-2. and two. We have them at 4-1. and one. Four If they and get one. that surprise loss, Jim mentioned against Washington. Okay. Right back and here comes two. Dallas. Dallas at home, so we're home. That's a win. Um, that's a win. Yeah, I think that's a win. That puts us at five and one going into the bye week. Steelers with no quarterback. Nah, the Steelers aren't very good. Yeah, no, that it's should a, be a win. win. That should a win. be a win. At home? Yeah. Win. At home, at yeah. Home. Then we go to at Houston. Win. Yeah. Win. Does they Houston stink. have Houston they, anyone right now? They're, no. they're who's just their, depleted. Who's their quarterback now? They're, they're depleted. They're just yeah, they're not. They, they, they have to beat that. Yeah, nobody that's, wants that's to That's seven play. and one. Yeah. But you know that can't happen. Well, let's keep on. Let's do the first ten. All right. Take then, a we, break. then we're home again here. We're home versus Washington now. That's a win. It's a win. If we beat them on the road, we have to beat them at home. Yeah, right. right. Eight and one. And they're at, here at, come, Indi- at Indy. That's, a, loss. that's probably a loss. But it's not like they're going to be an eight-point underdog there. It's going to be a two-and-a-half-point game. Okay, then we're then we're home versus Green Bay. Doesn't Nick Foles play for Indy? Yeah, there he goes. Oh That's man, a, yeah. loss. <laughs> all right, so Green Bay comes in, and now yes. all of a sudden the team really has their first challenge, big time. Prime time. Yeah, right. Yeah, Sunday night game. Yeah, um, I'm I'm saying they rise to the occasion. I got them a win. Loss. No, I, absolutely not. Okay. I'm just going to say a loss because Vegas can't be that wrong at eight and a half. Right. And all okay. of a sudden, we're up to well, nine that's, or ten. That's form. You're betting form. Yeah. Okay. Jim? Yeah. Yeah, we're lost. Loss. Okay. And then they got Tennessee. Uh, home versus Tennessee. Loss. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go with a loss. Tennessee's not bad. I got, New- uh, I got it. Al, do you have a win there? No. Okay. doesn't matter what I, I have. Yeah. At the Giants. Win. First, that's our first game of the, the year against that, the Giants, although mm-hmm. week 14. Yeah. Should be a win. I think it's that. 13. It's win. Yeah. Uh, 14. We're on week 14 here. Then we're at Chicago. Uh, oh, they, they can't score. They, they're terrible. Depends on the weather. The, the linebacker, the star linebacker stinks. That's a win. Uh, I'm going to say loss. I'm going to say loss, too. Really? Yeah. Al? I'm going to go along with the boys. Are you really? Yes, I am. All right, we have them at nine and five right now. Eight Not and me. six. They have a surprise in there. Right. Uh, at Dallas, loss. That, that's a loss. loss. 
Okay, then we're home versus Saints. That's an easy win. That's a win. I don't think it's a win. Uh, Jameis who? What do you think? Well, Drew, they you, want think you think Drew Brees is still playing? No, I know Drew Brees isn't playing anymore. That's <laughs> right. They have no defense. you got to remember the Eagles have their first-round pick, so they want mm-hmm. that win. Yeah. They, they want do. that win. Good point, Jim. All right, I'll switch to win. There you go. The producer. Jim convinced me with that, that first the round The producer. Um, in the last game of the season, home versus the Giants. Yeah. Which depends where you are if yeah. you need the game and so forth. You know. Yeah. Say they need it, and that has has, has the equals at eleven and six. If we get that surprise or two in there, yeah, 10 twelve and five, ten and ten and uh, yeah. seven, or twelve like and five. Yeah. I think twelve and five. That's what impressive. I said to repeat the eight and a half. But mm. but here's the funny part. <laughs> Under the worst case scenario, none of us have. A, a, you know, it's not feasible in our opinions that they can be under eight. We all have the over in Vegas. If Vegas is eight yeah. and a half, we are all of us are easily. I think over even me, I was. I think I was ten. Yeah, yeah. worst With case, we had him at So let, let's try to speak for Vegas's mindset. I mean, I, I realize they're they're using the computers and all that. Well, here's but it's the quarterback. They don't trust our quarterback and the coach. They don't trust the coach. And I don't think I think I mean there's some data Vegas is looking at where how many teams start four zero and we had him at four zero. The Vegas probably says they're losing one of those games. But under no scenario do we have them less than 10 or 9. No. And the jury's still out of that. We're way far away from Vegas. We are. Right? Yeah, the jury's still out about not practicing and so forth. Uh, That's too hot to be out there. If you're out there today practicing, you're hurting your personnel. I don't think they've opened up yet. This practicing thing, though, has been going on for weeks. Yeah. That's that's a non-factor. I think everybody's forgetting – how poorly the coach, the game plans that he had the first seven, eight weeks. Uh, too, you're right they about were, that. I mean, excuse my French, piss poor game plans. Yeah, they were bad. And then he had the either he decided to give play calling or Howie said, look, this ain't working. Run the ball. Give it to this guy and let them run the ball. Yeah. Because yeah. that's the only way they won. In the middle, of the, in the middle of the year, and then they played four crap teams at the end of the year. I've never seen a running back get more disrespect than Sanders, who's at five point two yards per carry. You got to go to the top five running backs all time to find guys that were five point two after three years or four years, whatever he is. Okay, five point two. It means every time he touches the ball twice, he's a first down. Yep. And all this nonsense about him dancing. If you dance and you average six yards per carry, does it matter how much you dance? Dance all you want. You dance all you damn want. Right? I mean, just I hear stuff like this on the radio and I shudder. I'm like, what are they talking about? Right? This guy's still at five point two. Give him the ball. I realize he's been hurt. Running backs get dinged up. He's a small guy, but I mean, he's he hasn't fumbled all that much. I think it's eight. In 509 carries, something like that. This this guy's underutilized. He's been sensational, and he gets criticized on the radio. I heard callers the last two weeks say that the Eagles don't have a running game. They need to improve the lack of a running game. They seem to what say running missing? backs are a dime a dozen. Yeah, you know, 5.2? Yeah, but I'll tell you, one of the big things with that, Chuck, <laughs> he, he had a period where he would have a 40-yard run a game. And then the rest of the other carries didn't carry. So that's why he was up at five or so. Then you go to hear somebody say, well, you know, he's not a good blocker. So 
They I'll should. give you blocking, but I researched the big carry per game because I heard that like two years ago, and I found out that all the great running backs had one thirty-five yards sure. plus a game. Yeah, they all get it in there, you know. Al, at the end of the day, bud, if you hit three ten, are you going to be? And they make this is Major League Baseball to contradict myself, but are they going to look at is your batting average just against the bad teams versus the good teams? Of course not. You're batting three ten hitter. Okay, guys averaging five point two yards per carry. Give them the ball more and dilute them. Let's see what he when he carries the ball twenty times, like the other guys do that average five yards plus. Give them the ball twenty times. Let's see what he gives you. Oh, back. I'd like to see it. Are you, you going? Is he going to stay healthy? That's another thing too. Yeah, you have losses over the last two years. I think it's New Orleans when they had defense, San Francisco for sure, where he had like six carries for seventy-two yards, and they didn't use him anymore. And it's not because they trailed by twenty-eight points. They just don't trust the guy. Eagles are in a tough spot because they want to see. If he'll, if Hertz is the guy, yeah, they do. Yeah, but they also don't want to lose games. Yeah. So I mean, they got a, a very delicate balance they, they need to do because they need to see if if this is the guy they want to sign, or but they want to win too because they have a team to win. Are we ready to rant, gentlemen? And right before yeah. we rant, Ray would have said mustache mania. Right yeah, about yeah, then. oh yeah, right about then. Yeah. And Carson Strong. Strong. Carson, Carson Strong. We haven't heard a word about Mishu Bybell. We miss you, Ray, buddy. Nice and loud, Jimmy boy. Blow it out. Get out. All right, my rant. Everybody likes to watch the home run derby. You see the great athletes hitting the ball. I was talking to Chuck about this yesterday. They're swinging every three seconds or so. You've got 40 or 50 kids out there, and maybe 15 of them can catch, and the rest of them are looking in the air, and the ball's bouncing 15 feet away. God forbid, while that guy's hitting that next pitch three seconds later, the kid's still looking up where the high ball he popped up somewhere went and gets drilled in the head. I know it's not, but... And the other thing is, we want to see a guy swing through. So make it maybe the amount of pitches that you get to hit. Because you, you the other night, you saw balls being caught. The guy swung, and the, the pitch from before hadn't been caught out in the, out, in the stands yet. And then the one, supposedly, it hit in the second row and came off the stand... Uh, somebody's hands went in the field and then it looked like oh well he's one short of Pujols and people are pulling for Pujols yeah. but yeah. be a little bit safety minded there before something happens I thought you were going to make another point about why put him through that type of quick turn you know how hard it is in the heat he's swinging at I know that's part of the contest he's got to be timed and all but anyway rant. yeah I'm, I was actually going to rant about the home run derby as well oh. more specifically on the uh, announcer Carl Ravitch I think his yeah, name is right. who um, to be just brutally honest may have been one of the worst announcement jobs in, in, in history of any announcement ever Albert Poole started off with two flyouts, and his exact words Carl Ravitch was like so many others his first ball leaves the yard so does his second I am not alone when I say I thought I was going insane sitting on my couch. <laughs> I missed that, by the I way. was sitting there, That's and I great. said, that's a home run? I thought it bounced off the wall. Then he did it again. I thought, oh, well, he's the announcer. There's no way he messed this, this up. Well, all he did was make mistakes all night. It was, it was awful. But he and was consistent. <laughs> consistently awful. I'll give him that. But how does ESPN, with all the technology... How is there so much question of was Schwarber robbed of a home run? Because it looks like he right. was. That's a joke. He was. Why? He, he was. Why was the he timing was. not clear of the when the ball was released? Why is there not a clear buzzer that goes off? Yeah. Pitches Nolan Void. Someone runs out and stops it or <laughs> something. It's terrible. 
For all the technology, this home run derby was like it was being ran from 1920. It, it was a joke how poorly it was ran. It's unacceptable that we're sitting here in, in a world where we got telescopes looking back billions of years and we can't track a ball from 400 feet away <laughs> and funny. say, was it a home run or not? <laughs> I love when Wiz gets worked up. Go Wiz. It's just insane. And Carl Ravitch, congratulations on the worst announcement job we've ever seen in history. That's a cut to get out to Major League Baseball. I'm not sure how much popularity we'll we'll gain from that one. Yeah, that's a good rant, Wiz. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I mean, how can you lose count? I mean, are you kidding me with all the technology? You lose count of a home run? And, of course, to to protect Pujols is what they're going to say. I don't really have a rant this week. Um, I I am... um, I'm, I'm satisfied with things. Life is good, and uh, I'm happy with the show. I'm happy with the work of team. Jim, you've done a fantastic job. I'll use this time to uh, say we're lucky to have a fantastic producer who really has his heart and soul. We go back and forth all week long, and we debate a little bit, uh, as well with Coach Al and, and, and Wiz of what we're going to put up here to produce. And, and it's been a lot of fun, and to think about over 5,000 uh viewers last last week was just incredible uh beth thanks so much for being on and we're going to send you out the notre dame helmet today and uh so not a rant it's just uh, an expression of appreciation Jimbo? my rant is not really a rant but it's the man with the biggest set of balls on the planet juan soto mm-hmm. how can this guy turn down 440 million dollars when he is one turn of the base away from destroying his knee. Can you imagine? Oh, my God. Well, he's going to, let's just rant back. He's going to get it somewhere else. He doesn't want to be in Washington. What, if he, a, what if he had a career-ending injury? Yeah, what if he What if he turns first base today and, and well, tears his ACL? He's never the same. He, he's got to be insured at a threshold close to what his market value is, right? So it's not like it may not be $440 million, but if he gets has a catastrophic injury, <clears throat> anytime soon, hope it doesn't happen. He's insured for a bundle of money. I don't know what the cap is on that. Yeah. But he doesn't want to play in Washington. He can't blame him for that, right? I, I, I play I anywhere. the optics of the money. Right now, he has a $17 million salary this year. Yeah. If, if God forbid, his career ended, that's a lot of money. Look, $17 million is nothing to shy away uh, at. Poor, sure. poor $440 million, though. He could is... buy the entire Dominican Republic. Yeah, it's generational wealth for I... the next but, but, 50, but, for but indefinite periods of two, time. Two quick yes or no's to go around the, the room here. Do you think he's going to get at least $440 million now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Chad? I think we'll get more. Okay, so he's going to get more money. Check that box. And would you want to be in Washington for the next five years? I'm not saying he's making a bad move. Yeah. I'm just saying he's got a, a big set of balls to yeah. turn it down. I don't think he does. Jim saying it's a it is a risk. I think it's a logical move. It is. You know yeah, what I'm frustrated like, about? The Phillies can't because of the salary cap. Because the Castellanos twenty million and sure we're twenty million. We don't have room to sign the guy. It's it's just a risk from the perspective of he could get hurt. He's insured. He's insured for a bundle of money. May not be four hundred forty million, but it's market value. Yeah. So yeah. we're going to go out on that note. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Wiz, how they get, get a hold of us? All right. Our Twitter is speaking of sports podcasts. Our email, speaking of sports pod at Gmail. And then our website, same thing, speaking of sports Got a couple phone calls last week. It was fun. We're gathering your questions. And next week, we're going to go through them. 609 828 5569. My name is Chuck. 
Uh, text me, call me anytime. I never sleep. I love sports. Have a great weekend, guys.